whatever station is, it's whenever you're going through the AM FM dials and normally stations that are just like completely blank and staticky, there'll be hidden messages there. Sometimes they're just like random beep sounds, sometimes they're people talking um, in different languages. And so today there was one and it was just a woman's voice and she was just like saying random numbers. It was like a long string of like maybe like 30 numbers that she just read out. <clears throat> and so like everyone's really baffled by it and the fact that it's here in Bakersfield is kind of fucking weird. So, I don't know, just fucking food for thought because no one really knows what they are. No one knows where they come from. They don't know if it's a, another government. They don't know if it's the U.S. government doing them. They don't know if it's like some like underground organization they don't know so something something to keep your eye out for damn uh, I don't know well I know we promised everybody we'd talk about puppies or something but I kind of want to stay on this subject or a quick vote we can talk about like the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight so uh, what do you want to do? Well, let's talk about McGregor. It's, <laughs> it's already dark enough. Yeah. We don't want to do two dark episodes in a row. We'll get back to that though. I know that, but that, I was—I really want to talk about that—the the race one that we did last uh, oh, yeah, last time, it. dude. That—that that was pretty a big reaction we got. I think we went from going from like maybe like 150 downloads to like over a thousand downloads. So like, I think I like. I'm part to blame for that because every time like something would pop up like race related or whatever like either like on the Bakersfield News like Facebook sites or on CNN or even like on Fox News like I'd be like yeah that sucks huh and then like I'd post a link to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but like I kept getting like good response back like even people that like fucking like didn't agree with it or whatever like they were just like hey that was a pretty good that was an entertaining podcast and I really thought that was a dry depressing podcast yeah I think on that one we were both kind of like tired and pretty drowsy I think we're always dry, like dry and drowsy. Like to be honest with you, like I feel like <laughs> we gotta stop recording in the middle of the night. That's what we gotta stop doing. I know, like like twelve noon would probably be like at the witching hour. Yeah. Like it'd probably be the perfect time to do it. And stuff. To be honest, it's fucking nine thirty right now, which is really late for me. But me too. I usually get up at five in the morning. And <laughs> yeah, shit. same here. And do DDP yoga and shit. Yeah. So yoga, um. hot yoga. <laughs> which I need to get back in the like swing of things, dude. Because like. We went to Vegas for the fight. Like, this is the first time I've ever went to Vegas for, like, a big fight night. And I always hear, like, these horror stories of, like, oh, Vegas is so crazy when fight week's going. Which it kind of was, but usually, like, I'm the type of person, like, this this chubby body right here that you're staring at, like, yeah. when licking your lips looking at. Mm. Like, this body, like, takes... White chocolate. Mm. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> With a little bit of cocoa. Well, yeah, like... But, like, this takes, like, seven <laughs> seven days of, like hour and a half workouts just to maintain this chubbiness but like i didn't i think i only worked out once out in vegas and like i'm definitely paying for it man i, I feel like i'm walking around looking like fucking uh well i don't want to name anybody we used to work with in case they ah no one's listening just name drop <laughs> nah no i can't <laughs> name well, drop. There, there was a very overweight uh person that we used to work with i'm feeling like him like like I'm oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like I feel like I'm I'm sweating just like to like raise my arm or like go to the refrigerator right now. So uh, I definitely gotta get back into the swing of things. But anyways, with that said, that's uh, cool. I gotta thank you, man. You watched my house while I went out to Vegas. Oh yeah, man. I, no problem. Your dogs are great. The house is great. The fish were great. That's wait, it. you you ate my fish? The fish are gone. They're cool. They're there. Oh, okay, They're cool. Chill. I forget I have fish sometimes. Dude, honestly, I forget you have fish too. I had to like 
double back and look, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, fish, right? <laughs> or was I just throwing fish food in a giant bowl of water, <laughs> an empty bowl of water, growing hydroponic weed? It's like what? What? But anyways, uh, yeah, man, thanks. I, I really appreciate it. It's good to have a good friend like you that I can trust with my house and all my belongings and the, right, the $1 million that's under my mattress. Oh, damn. Ah, that was there. I was baiting you the whole time. Oh, I should have looked. What place I didn't look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy because I actually, like, hid, like, a bunch of stuff. Like, this this podcast should have been, like, two hours ago, but, like, I spent the last two hours, like, looking for this microphone. Because <laughs> I was like, if they break into my house, like, what can I not live without? Like, I'm pretty sure my insurance will cover, like, a brand new TV, but I don't know if they'll give me a new Amazon microphone. So I was just like, I better hide this shit good. Yeah. Which I did, because I couldn't find it for, like, two hours, so. Damn. But, anyway. You did. You hit it so well, you can't find it yourself, so. Yeah. That's good. But I might be getting Alzheimer's or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I am getting old. I have, like, a gray hair in my beard, but... Dude, I found a gray hair, like, an actual gray hair in my hair the other day. It creeped me out, man. Like, I wish I had gray in my beard. That'd be really? cool. Yeah, really? You, you want that, like, George Clooney salt I, and pepper I look? I wish, I wish one day... I wouldn't mind a gray, like, a grayish beard from, like, you know, like, those guys in the Cialis commercials. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh... But I wouldn't mind gray hair. I think gray hair looks terrible, but gray beards look cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll go. The, I'll go with you to buy your first box of like just for men. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one life. Day, one day you'll see me in a Cialis commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. This is all. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I got that Mexican Irish blood rolling through me. So. Cialis is that for impot- impotency. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm Mexican. I don't have that problem. Yeah. I, 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 I have the opposite problem. Ooh. I don't know. That got awkward. Right? Now, with that said, now we know, now that we don't have any more female listeners, dude, we're supposed to like clean this up, dude. We're supposed to have Miss Waddell on here. And she's oh, gonna yeah. listen. This is probably like gonna be like where she's like, "Ah, oh, guys, I'm gonna reschedule this." Oh, uh, that guy just made an joke. So. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Waddell, if you're listening, I apologize. But anyways, let's let's talk about this fight. All right, let's talk about the fight. All right, so. The, the build-up to this fight, I thought, was amazing. Like, I, I, they had me hook, line, and sinker. Even though I know they were stealing my money, even though I know this wasn't a real fight, even though I know this was just a spectacle, it, if you know me, you know I'm a big pro wrestling fan. And I feel like these two guys, they did pro wrestling better than pro wrestling does pro wrestling. Like, kudos to both of them on that. And, like, I, every day, like, at work, like, like, I was more excited for this than I was, like, the beginning of, like, the, the, the season finale of game of thrones or whatever like i would like that's how much i love it anyone who knows me knows i love i love me i love me some game of thrones so it's true so like every day like i was just like looking for like you know hey when are when are the tickets going on sale like where are the what are the fighters going to be staying at like i was like totally invested in this and like where's going to be the best places to like hang out with the irish at and stuff like that so i mean i I was all about this fight even though like in my heart of hearts like i said this in the previous podcast i kind of knew mcgregor was going to lose by technicality and i was just like it's not his game i still wanted to see it like i hate floyd mayweather um i love mcgregor but i just wanted to be a part of the spectacle i wanted to be a part of like that irish hooligan soccer crowd like i i just wanted i just wanted to like actually have a good time in vegas for school yeah so uh, what would how do you feel about this fight Um, i thought it was a really 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 good build up to the fight uh you know i kind of just i go into every fight you know ufc boxing fight whatever the fight may be i always go into it with the intention of just like 
eating chicken wings and enjoying a good beer while watching a fight. That's kind of what I look forward to. And I felt this is the ultimate version of that. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like the fight of the century. You know, the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and it's just like, man, this is going to be fucking exciting. And, you know, the buildup was great. Um, and I felt like the fight could not, like, regardless of what the outcome was going to be, I was like, I think I was going to be pleased no matter what. Just yeah. because this was, we're actually seeing like the fight that people wanted to see and I was pretty stoked for it that's how I felt about it nice. going into it so me and my girlfriend we uh, decided we were going to leave Friday um, and you know her boss actually got her like a free hotel room um, like about 15 minutes outside of uh, Vegas shout out to the M Resort <laughs> like she actually sponsors. got sponsors yeah sponsors it's your sponsors which is a really nice fucking hotel. Like, like I'll say, if you if you're gonna do Vegas and you don't want to deal with the hustle and bustle, the M uh, Resort and uh, Casino, it's, it's, it's a five star experience. There was yeah. like there was a goddamn TV in the in the bathroom here for God's sake, Damn, dude. dude. It, it was it was, it was, I, it was I can't shit without watching TV. So no, you literally TV. could, man. Like I was watching like Direct TV. Like I don't even have Direct TV in my own house. You don't even have to bring your phone to the bathroom anymore. No, like, it was charging by the bed. Damn, that's awesome. I yeah, know. I haven't done that since like '92. Yeah. Damn. But, <laughs> but anyway, so my my girlfriend's boss, she he got her uh, uh, hotel uh, for the Friday and Saturday, and we we're gonna leave Sunday morning. But something told me it was like, you know what? Like, uh, l- let's just go a little bit early. And I was already feeling sick, so I. I I had like this huge head cold, so I woke up that morning Thursday saying, you know what, I, I'm just going to have to call out, you know, I need some rest, I don't want to be out, you know, in the 112 degree heat, you know, with, like a stuffy nose and all this, just being miserable, I just need a day of rest, and then as soon as I said that, I got an email from Ticketmaster saying, you have two free uh, weigh-in tickets waiting for you at Whoa. the T-Mobile Arena, and I was like, I looked, I told my girlfriend, I was like, hey, get off of work, we're going to Vegas tonight. And so, luckily, somehow, I got, like, a $38 room special at the Monte Carlo, which is, like, right across the street from the T-Mobile Arena. And I said, we have fucking weigh-in tickets for, like, the final, like, showdown um, to go see this shit. And so, she's like, I, I am getting off work this second. And so, <laughs> we, pack yeah. all, we pack all of our bags, and we just leave. We take off to Vegas, like, that, that second or whatever. And... It was literally like the smoothest ride there. There was absolutely no traffic. I think we made it there like within three hours, which is like a miracle because usually it takes about four and a half, maybe five hours to get out to Vegas from Bakersfield. And it was just the smoothest ride. And we get there and you could tell like, you know, people were coming in from the airport, you know, and I was kind of disappointed at first. I was like, man, I expected to see like nothing but like just, just crazy amounts of Irish people. And it just... We just saw, like, a bunch of, like, Asian tourists. And I was just like, oh, this is kind of embarrassing. Because the only thing I packed, like, shirt-wise, was just, like, all my, like, Conor McGregor swag. Like, like my T-shirts, my, like, little UFC walkout jerseys and shit. And, like, I bought a hat, like, two weeks ago, last time we went to Vegas. And, like, I was, like, all decked out, like, expecting to see, like, you know, a bunch of redheaded, drunk Irish people. And you saw a bunch of red... I just saw like like <laughs> redwood. I was gonna say red skinned Asian people. Yeah. Because you know they don't do well in the heat. No, they don't. So. They they were in the what are those like the cool down centers or whatever like I don't know, I don't know refrigerators. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> those contraptions. Shout out to our Asian friend Danny. Well, you have an Asian. Friend I have or? one. I have an Asian friend. Actually, I just realized you don't know Danny. Oh wow. He's my Asian friend. 
trying you're, to think. Making, you're I, making friends outside. Damn, of I'm trying to think. Do we know? I'm trying to like gather all my thoughts right now. I'm like, goddamn. I know I Asian mean, people like that I like work Filipino? with. Like Alan from Target. Oh, Alan! Shout out to Alan, keeping Uncle fresh, Alan, baby, keeping produce fresh, baby. No, dude, yeah, you doing what you doing, baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyways, like it was just like a very like uh, mundane like scene in Vegas, like, and so we decided just to, like walk around and be tourists, like just with them, and so we went to this place called Dick's uh, Last Resort. Oh yeah, at the Excalibur. Yeah, this place. And like, if you don't know what Dick's is, it's just like this place like where they're like absolutely rude to you. But the food is pretty damn delicious. Yeah. And I had like this because I'm an elite Yelper. I have like a free check-in uh, to get any appetizer I wanted, and I might have been a little tipsy at this point. And the waitress she recommended the Gator, and something like now thinking back on it, I never would have got it like the Gator like. Yeah. But she like her recommendation for it like just sold me on it. So I was like, all right, fuck it, give me some, give me, give me some Gator. Yeah. And that shit, let me tell you something, man. Gator is fucking delicious, man. What is it? It's the alligator. Oh, it's alligator. Okay, I've had oh. alligator before. I thought it was just they were calling it that. I was like, no, no, yeah, <laughs> like chicken covered in Gatorade. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but like it's like chicken nuggets basically. Yeah, I've had alligator. I had fried alligator on a stick. Ooh. Literally? Yeah. Was this when you were living in Texas? Yeah, it was when I was living in Texas. Shout out to everybody in Texas right now. Hey, shout out to everyone in Houston and Corpus Christi and San Antonio. It's getting some, some of that rain. I feel like every time I leave the Vegas, something bad happens. What happened last time? Like the whole race war. Oh, yeah. Like that's Charles true. Manson's Helter Skelter took place. Yeah, and the time before that, Greg had diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> I need to stop going to Vegas. Stop going to Vegas, man. Greg keeps getting more diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the chick on the never ending story like when the nothing comes oh <laughs> holy shit oh, I'm sorry guys I'm a little delirious I'm still tired oh man but anyways yeah um, gator is fucking delicious guys dude gator is one of my favorite foods anything Cajun is delicious so yeah, yeah I, gotta, I gotta go to that place you know really quickly before you go on with your story I've always wanted to go to that place because I heard about that place and how like the waiters and waitresses are like really rude to you yeah. and like they're like really mean to you and if you try to be mean to them they'll be even worse to you. Yeah. Like, you order a coke and they're like, We only have Pepsi or like whatever, like that's yeah. their like thing that they do. Uh, I always wanted to go in there with like pretend that I'm crippled <laughs> and like a helmet and just act like I'm mentally incapable of ordering my own Miss Waddell for sure is not coming out oh, on this podcast sorry. now. Oh, okay. This is all comedy. This is a comedy podcast. Ah, okay. But, um, uh, I always wanted to do that, go in there, see if they're mean to me, and the minute that they're like not mean to me, I'm like, undercover boss bitch. <laughs> You're fired. You're supposed to be mean to me no matter what. Oh, that one, like, ABC show, yeah. Undercover Boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Undercover Boss. And then, <laughs> then, like, I would pay a camera crew to run in there and be like, you weren't mean to me, you weren't doing your job. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Anyways, that's that's what I want to do. But Do you know what I've noticed, though? Because I've gone there, like, once before, like, me and, me and Greg, speaking, speaking yeah. of that white devil. Uh, we went there before, and I feel like every time I go, like, the people I go with, they really get them good. Like, I think yeah. they call them, like, Harry Potter with a vagina or something like that. Oh, man. And That's like, so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is, but I, I'm kidding. And then my girlfriend, they got her. She's, like, the sweetest person ever, and they're, like, it's, like, they because they write these, like, little yeah. hats on you, and they put on there, like, it smells better than it tastes. Ooh. And I was, like, ooh, they just made a vagina joke about you. And she's, like, What? 
That's fucked up. And I was like, that's how, did, the, how do they do that? They don't tell you what they're writing and they just throw that on you? Yeah, you're like in the middle of eating like your corn on the cob and they just like, here you go, asshole. And they like throw this like little toilet paper crown on your head. Oh, okay. And I then, was wondering how that comes up. Like they just. And mine was actually a compliment. Like I was really fucking like this. What was is, yours? It says, I, I'm old enough to drink even though I don't look like it. And I was like, Okay, so you're basically telling me I, I look young? Yeah. Like, thank you. It's like, like, all right. I'm whatever. 32, but I'll take whatever. it. When you get to my age, all you care about is taking care of the old ticker. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. The old ticker and the dicker. Yeah. But <laughs> anyways, continue. Sorry, I mean interrupt. Anyways, that food is delicious. The next time you're in Vegas, I, I highly recommend that shit. Unless you're me, they'll, you'll be disappointed because they don't they won't make fun of you, right? But I guess I'm a very intimidating person. Yeah. I get that a lot. So, I'll, I'll tell you my story, like, building up to this fight. Like, okay. My, okay, so, um, so for some reason, I I made plans with, like, 50 different people that I would watch a fight with them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely be at your party. I'll definitely be there. And, like, anybody that knows me, I don't really like being around a lot of people. I don't really like being around. I, I like drinking. I like having a good time. But I don't like being around, like... I don't know. Uh, a little agoraphobic. Yeah, I'm yeah. a little like you know whatever. So, um, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. I just agreed to. Did you like, just call me Goro from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, agoraphobic. That's me. <laughs> Let me Google that. I'm the second boss on Mortal Kombat, bitch. Montaro. That's me. Damn. <laughs> Anyways, um, last minute, our buddy Caesar is like, "Yeah, man, how many people over come through?" I'm like, "All right, cool." Um. And that was chill as fuck. So shout out to Caesar if you ever listen to this. So so was this on, so this was Thursday. Oh no, no no, this is the actual fight Saturday. Oh wow! Like leading up to I'm still on Thursday, homie. Oh, you're on Thursday. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> uh, leading up to the fight, I think I just had a cold. I was pretty dude, sick. Dude, me too. Like it's so weird. Like I had this like massive head cold. And, like, yeah, I got a cold. I actually was like really fucking out of it because like I had a lot of shit going on. My sister just had a baby. Shout out uh, to your sister. Shout out to my sister. Shout out to baby. And, it's uh, a boy. It's a boy. Shout out to baby boy Branson. Kind of. That's a badass name. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. That's up there, like Branson or Bronson. Branson. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a, you know, I don't know, like it's kind of a weird thing. It's like you know how like um, Norwegian people. I don't know if you know this, but, like, Norwegian people will take the name of the father and say, like, you know, like, it'll be, like, Jacob's son. Or oh, son okay. of Jacob or something like that. Son of whatever. So this is the son of Bran from Game of Thrones? No, no. Well, it's his dad's <laughs> name. <laughs> well, just, so that's how they just melted the name. And is, it's you, like, is your is your new nephew the three-eyed raven? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He's a cool kid. He's pretty cool. I'm pretty stoked to see what, what he comes up with. Because my niece is really cool. But, but, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> but anyways No, I love my niece, I love my family. Anyways, um that was a joke. Anyways, backtracking. I get kinda sick. Uh I got a lot of shit going on around this time period. I'm just trying to get myself healthy enough to go kick it with the baby. So I'm making all these plans at the same time like I know I'm not gonna keep them. And Damn, then you're a heart you're the heartbreak kid. Yeah, man. So like Jacob goes out of town and I'm like, Oh man, alright. I even forget to text him. I don't even text him. I'm like, yeah, man, your dogs are cool. Don't worry. Like, Which I was, is because I felt bad because 99% of the time, like, when there's a big fight, like, you and me are, like, always like, all right, dude, are you watching this shit? Yeah. yeah. Let's get John's burgers. 
Yeah, that's true. Eh, it was no big deal. I'd rather be in. I would. I would rather be in Vegas and kick it with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. I had no no hard feelings on that end. But um, yeah, man, I was like pretty fucking out of it at that point. But my my side of the story is kind of lame, so I'm just gonna let it go back to oh, you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was just sick. I was whatever. So yeah. So then when we get back from Dick's, like I'm pretty tipsy because like, and normally I don't drink at all. Like I think it's been like a whole like year and a half since I had drink. Like, AA would be proud of me. Oh, and yeah. so, like, but CM Punk would hate me. But anyways, like, I was pretty tipsy, so I was like, hey, let's just go walk around T-Mobile Arena. And mind you, T-Mobile Arena is, like, packed with, like, all these security guards. Like, they're like they're holding this place down like Fort Knox. Well, my sneaky chubby ass is like, hey, I want to go right up to the door. I want to walk around here. And I'm, like, talking to security, like, sweet-talking them, like, hey, what, like, what's right there? Like, what's that sign? Who's that guy? Yeah. Who's that? Who's that devil with the beard? Mind you, and I have, like, a Conor McGregor shirt on. Yeah. And these, like, jack off, like, the security guards are like, oh, the, the, this is the big fight that's happened Saturday. I was like, really? I've never heard of these guys. <laughs> and so, like, I'm, like, getting, like, like a full fucking tour of, like, T-Mobile Arena, like, by accident. And yeah. I'm not, probably not supposed to be there. Pretty sure, like, fucking the, that money team's, like, after me or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I see, like, all, like, the, the van setups for, like, ESPN. Um... My girlfriend spots Julio Cesar Chavez Sr., not Jr. Um, uh, the good one. The good one. The, the one that was 75-0. and 0. This 50-0 and 0 bullshit is <laughs> laughable. Anyways, I digress. I'm just being bitter. But, you know, she spotted Julio Cesar Chavez. Um, wow. I, she thinks she sees Triple G, and I'm like, I don't know, but I'm also kind of uh, drunk. But, like, we're, we're like, I'll see you know, there. Yeah, we're, like, trying to celebrity spot and stuff. And yeah, so we basically we're we're fucking checking out the T-Mobile Arena that Thursday. So we go to bed, and the next morning is the weigh-in, and it's still kind of all surreal to me. I'm like, okay, this isn't really happening. So we go to bed. I wake up and I go downstairs to go to work out, but I don't because it's Vegas and I'm kind of hungover, and I'm being a fat boy. So I was like, I'm gonna get a breakfast burrito. So Sounds I go. Good. Yeah, I go downstairs and I just see all these fucking UFC fighters down there. Dang. I, like I like seeing everybody. Like I like it's so overwhelming. I can't even like I'm like I know. I didn't see John Jones or Daniel Cormier or uh, Paige Van Zandt or anything like that. But like I I know their faces and I know their names. But like right now like it's me trying to get all this out. Like I can't remember names, but I just see all these like UFC fighters. Like I see a couple like. Showtime boxing analyst, like I think I see Brennan Schaub down there too, like this big six four, like handsome devil, like yeah. walking around. Just want to give him a kiss on the cheek, kind of thing. The real devil. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I turn the corner and I just see this sea of like green, white, and orange, like all these like drunk, like mind you, it's like seven in the morning. Yeah. And I see all these drunk Irish fans, like just like singing and chanting and. Oh yeah, I saw your Snapchat. Yeah. That was pretty cool. And this is like seven in the morning on a Friday morning, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm just going to get a breakfast burrito and enjoy this scenery and shit. So uh, we go outside and we line up to get back in the T-Mobile arena. And we're the first people in there. You know, We're making friends with like all these Irish people. I can barely make out what they're saying. Like They all talk like pirates, like from Pirates of the Caribbean. Or like my best example would be like uh, Captain um, Barbosa. Uh, who was the bad guy in the first one? Captain Barbosa, from Pirates of your 
Pirates of the Caribbean? I, I've never, I've only seen like the first one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I don't remember it, man. He's like, you better start <laughs> believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner, because you're in one. Like, that's literally how they yeah. all talk, but like with a thicker accent. Oh, damn. Like, they'd go up to you and they'd be like, Arkish Karkin, I'm here to give Arkin. And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? No, like, Connor sounds like a fucking English, like, like teacher, like, compared to these guys. Like, they're yeah. just, like, dr- first of all, they're drunk. And then second of all, like, they're happy. And I can't understand a goddamn word they say. But they're, like, the friendliest people ever. Fucking weasels. So, like... <laughs> Sorry, continue. I could just go on. You see, like, thousands of these folks, right? Just thousands. Like, just think of, like, like a soccer game. Like, this is, like, my best analogy of it. And then, like, every once in a while you'll see, like, some, like... What is it? I don't want to be, like, too negative about it, but, like, like the people that are, like, Floyd Mayweather fans, like, the ones that are all decked out with, like, that money team, that TMT yeah. swag or whatever, like, they're always, like, those guys that, like, do their eyebrows and, like, have, like, that impeccably shaved, like, beard that, like, you can tell they get, like, a fucking manicurist to do or whatever, like, yeah. they're very, like, those well-kept men or whatever, like, yeah. every five seconds, like, they were complaining about the heat, like, oh, Oh, this is this is this is this is this is messing up my eyeshadow or whatever. Like it was like those like pretty boys that were out there, like Man. for like the Floyd Mayweather fans. And then like you have like these pale like redheaded like Irish kids. Like you can tell like this is like the hottest day they've ever experienced in their life. They're walking around like in their like underwear and like they're not giving a mad fuck about yeah. like this heat or whatever. Because it was like literally like maybe like 106, 107 or whatever by like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And, like, they're not giving a damn fuck. They're drinking their beer. They're drinking their whiskey. Like, they're just having a fucking amazing time, right? And the thing I want to, like, stress, too, is is not it wasn't just the Irish fans, but a lot of, like, the local, like, Las Vegas um, locals. Yeah. A lot of them were there, too. And, like, we were, we'd sit in line and things. So they had, like, little, like, carnival things there. Like, punch this as hard as you can. We'll see how much, how hard you can hit that. Or, like, yeah. take a picture with this Conor McGregor uh, cutout or whatever. Yeah. And, like, we'd talk to the people in line or whatever. And a lot of, like, the locals, you know, I'll say this. Black, white, Mexican, Native American, Asian, Cambodian. Cambodian American. Cambodian Americans. Vegasans. They, they, they were all for McGregor because they can't... They couldn't stand Floyd Mayweather, even though that's, like, his town, quote-unquote, his town. Um, And I would ask him, I was like, why? Like, I thought, like, this was a big boxing town. And a lot of them would stress, they're like, dude, boxing is, like, so, like, old Vegas. Like, the only people that, like, are all about boxing are, like, maybe, like, the current boxers, which is, like, maybe, like, one or two of them. And then, like, the old, old school Vegas folks. Like, everybody here is all MMA, like... Everywhere you go, like, there's an MMA gym somewhere around here. Um, when you see people get into street fights here, like, out on the outskirts or whatever, they're doing, like, fucking leg tackles and Kimura locks and stuff like that. They're not, like, boxing in the streets no more. Like, they're, they're like, doing actual, like, fucking Muay Thai moves and shit. So it's, like, yeah. so it's like a lot of the Vegas locals were telling me that. They're, like, yeah, we're going for him because he's, you know, representing MMA. And, you know, like, we know he's probably not going to win, but we got to get behind our guy. we got to show support. So... It was being a huge like Conor McGregor dick rider like I like fully like Matt Schaub ain't got nothing on me like I like it felt good like it felt like you were going to a Laker parade basically after they won the championship yeah so that was my Saturday oh yeah and then I went to the weigh in and Mayweather walked out like right underneath me and he's probably like the size of my girlfriend he's a small guy I saw him at the Lakers game yeah he he's, he had better tickets than me. 
He has slightly better tickets than me. <laughs> but yeah, and then I saw McGregor up close, which was pretty cool because like that guy just exudes confidence. Like I feel like listening after listening to him talk, like I feel like once he retires, like he could be a motivational speaker. Like I feel like I could fight the the mountain on Game of Thrones after this. But. Go ahead. How was your Saturday? Uh, sat- my Saturday was pretty good. So I get to... Or Friday, I should say, because it are on oh, Friday. 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 Uh, I think I just napped. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty chill. Pretty chill Friday. Still uh, napping that day. You know. Which I kind of low-key, like, like envy you, because by, by the end of this day, like, I could have gone home and I could have been satisfied. Like, oh, that was great. Yeah. I don't even need to see the fight. I don't remember Saturday. I think I just, like, fucking took like, a pretty solid nap. Friday. Oh, Friday. Cut up on, like, my conspiracy theory. Oh, wait. Was I doing... I think I was doing Pizzagate research. Oh, tell me about that. Uh, I'll tell you about it in a later episode. I'll go fully... Fuck it. Just talk about it now. Uh, you know... I, I just, just talked forever about my Friday. No, I felt I mean, bad. I mean, I just I started doing research on Pizzagate. I got pretty interested. When I, I was in San Diego, like, the weekend prior to the fight, I was in San Diego. That's a free time, so I was like, oh, okay, I'll look into Pizzagate. Uh, and then the following weekend, which I guess Friday is technically the first night of that one, I was like, you know what? I, I was already like dead set that we would do a Pizzagate episode of this podcast, so I was doing my research on it, and I just started becoming like totally like submerged into it. So I was like going into all these websites. Do you want me to explain what it is? Do you want me to explain what Pizzagate is? Or do you want me to nah, let's save, save it for a future podcast. Yeah, I think we should save that for a future but podcast. But I, I am interested to hear about your day. Yeah, so I was just I'm like... a good friend. Yeah, like, thanks, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just kind of like all about it. I was all about Pizzagate. Just made me want to go get pizza that day, so I got pizza. So, <laughs> that's kind of disturbing. <laughs> if you don't know what Pizzagate is, that's really disturbing. <laughs> I went to go buy Let me ask you this. Was it stuffed crust? <laughs> it was cheese pizza. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. Wait, was stuffed crust a thing? I never saw that. No, but I was trying to make that into a dirty thing. There was a... Um, I know cheese pizza is one of them. Yeah. And I know, like, like almond butter pizza or something like that. That's, like, another one or something. I don't know. What the fuck? I know hot dogs one. Hot dogs one of them. Which is obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Did you, did you have a pizza for an hour? I had... I looked over notes while eating some pizza. <laughs> I don't know. I feel horrible, man. So, okay. anyways... I, uh, <laughs> Fucking pedophile jokes. These are terrible jokes, by the way. We're, like, directly quoting actual Pizzagate emails, so... Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that some other time. But anyways, that's how I spent my weekend, just doing Pizzagate research. I did a little bit of ghost research, too, just because that's what I do on my free time. Nice. So, yeah, anyways, just next morning, Saturday morning. Yeah, so Saturday, uh, we check into the, the other hotel. We went from the Monte Carlo to the M Resort or whatever, and... That was like a drive from hell because I, I hate like driving in Vegas. It's like the worst. Like I'd rather drive in LA traffic, like, uh, like, like going home from work time, or what, what is that called officially? Happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like five o'clock traffic jam. Yeah, five o'clock traffic in LA than driving to Las Vegas. Like it, that shit stressed me out so bad. So, um, I did that. <laughs> So so that way we could change and go to the fucking fight or whatever, and um oh yeah that could be forgotten about that yeah so we get the hotel and like I I felt bad because like my girlfriend like I'm dragging her around like all these like manly things or whatever and she goes 
I really want to see Britney Spears. Oh, yeah. And I was like, fuck it. We'll, we'll watch Britney Spears. So we get to the hotel. We change. We bathe. We put on some nice clothes. I put on some deodorant. How was Britney Spears? Dude, I'll say this, man. The, the weekend before, when it was her birthday, I took her to see Lady Gaga. Okay. Like, Lady Gaga. I, I actually did want to bring up Lady Gaga. Continue. Okay. Because the Lady Gaga show you posted on her... Actually, I think her sister like almost posted the entire thing live or whatever. Yeah. That shit looked fucking sick. Dude, let me tell you something real quick about Lady Gaga. Like, we've all, we both seen Metallica live. We've both seen Nine Inch Nails live. She does everything that those two bands do. Yeah. Plus, she has like four or five stages throughout the like arena yeah. that she goes through she goes like on these like little taco bridges Damn. they look like tacos and she like walks through them and she like walks through the crowd so like no matter where you're sitting at you're gonna get like a good view and I, we kind of had like nosebleed tickets because i work for the government the government don't pay that well yeah so <laughs> i mean it pays well enough to see lady gaga i know but uh it was a stellar show. So with that said, yeah. and she's an amazing artist, let me tell you this. It was like seeing Michael Jackson, Madonna, Mariah Carey, and Trent Reznor all rolled up into one. Lady yeah, Gaga. she's kind of like the new Madonna. Oh, yeah. So with that said, I'm going to see Britney Spears, who freely admits that she just lip syncs her show. Yeah. Britney Spears put on a hell of a show, too. Man. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, she's hot. She dances good. But like the she stage is good, she dances good, she makes love good. I bet she does. <laughs> but uh, no, I'll say this, man. She she really does. She puts on a really stellar show, man. I never really liked her. She has big shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> she has bigger shoulders than me, so I don't know. Uh-huh. I'm more of a Christina Aguilera fan, anyways. So, Ooh, yeah. That's where I think our friendship kind of takes a little fork in the road. I mean, okay, eh, we can get we can talk about this all day, but I really want to do a Britney Spears or like like a, like a like a late '90s pop edition of this episode. I will say this, damn. All right, so because let me ask you this, because like I remember this was a thing for a while when we worked at Target. Like I, we would go around asking people, "Were you are Backstreet you in- Boys in sync?" Yeah. Like you're either an instinct person or you're Backstreet. Well, I think person. we both agree that we're both Backstreet Boys. Fuck yeah, fans. fuck yeah, yeah, all the way. And I will say, you know, eventually, obviously, Justin Timberlake and Insane go on to do greater things. And yeah. We don't talk about anyone in Backstreet Boys, but Justin Timberlake's still relevant. So you know, if you're gonna make that argument, yeah, I get that. But Backstreet Boys as a group, as a group, much better. Yeah, yeah. So, I will sing every fucking word of every song from their first two albums. But I'll say this about Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. And this is going to sound gross, so if you're under the age of, like, I don't know, 45, turn your radio off now. <laughs> uh, first time first time I ever had a teenage erection after I watched a Britney Spears video. and I was Which like, one was this? It was uh, crazy. Oh, wow. It, which is not even, like, a sexual... I guess it's kind of sexual. Yeah, she's always been sexual. Yeah, but I was just like, "What is this?" <laughs> so yeah. Which explains your affinity for white girls. Huh? I do like the white women. Yeah. <laughs> I dabble in some other hair colors. That's the ba- That's the bane of your existence is the white woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what my dad said. Yeah, I should. I should stop doing that. <laughs> I should really stop. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> anyway, so we watched Britney Spears. She puts out a great show. I didn't get an erection like art. Sorry, guys. But it was a stellar show. <laughs> Shout out to Britney Spears. Shout out to Britney Spears. We're sponsored by Britney Spears. <laughs> I wish. 
<laughs> oh my god. Where's Wells from? Britney Spears and Cialis. Thank you, man. What a combo. The, the ultimate anti Cialis. Why get Cialis when you get Britney Spears? So, anyways, that was the rest of your. That's, it couldn't be no more perfect if you said oh, Taco Bell, Pepto Bismol. Oh, like. no, perfect. Can they go hand in hand? No pun intended. I was gonna make it way grosser. Go on, just change it. So- just whatever. This is a fight. So anyways, one. you had a breakfast burrito. <laughs> a thick one. Oh man, go yeah, for it. I really did though. The next morning, I had a breakfast burrito again. But so. Oh fuck. So I'm at the hotel. I actually go to the gym. Still hungover from Britney Spears, right? And I'm watching this ESPN thing. It's like this hour long thing. We're saying, how can Connor beat uh, Floyd Mayweather? And I'm totally sold on it, right? I'm like, because in the back of my mind, like I said, I'm like, okay, he's probably not going to win this fight, Jacob. Like, don't get too excited. But that little that little glimmer of hope was right there with that fucking um, ESPN thing that I saw. And they are talking about how Connor, you know, has these fast fists. He has a wicked left and uh, he has an awkward stance that throws off a lot of people. That's how he's able to beat Eddie Alvarez, Jose Aldo, and, uh, you know, everybody that he's pretty much marked throughout his career. And I'm, like, totally convinced. They're all, I'm like, yeah, Floyd hasn't fought for two years. Okay, I'm, I'm totally on this gravy train that, like, that fucking Connor's going to knock out Floyd Mayweather in the first round. Well, in the back of my head, like, I have, like, the, like these two, like, the angel, and I have the devil saying, Jacob, like, that's not going to happen. Connor's gonna do what he like, like he's gonna go out there and he's gonna tire himself out like he did against Nate Diaz. Yeah. And then the other, the devil was like, nah, fool. He's got hard hands, man. He's gonna knock this fool out like Pauli Malignaggi. Yeah. And I was just like, I had those two things going on for me. And by the time like we get to the the arena again, and we're in there, and by the way, it was like empty for like the longest time. Yeah. We and were I, watching it on TV. We we're like, holy shit! It's like forty percent filled. Not even, dude. It was like 10% filled. And the weigh-in was like that, too. Like, nobody was there until the absolute... Like, they knew, like, the main event was coming up. Then all of a sudden, it was just, like, cockroaches scattering. Like, everyone just shows up and packs the place. Yeah. And I noticed that with Vegas. Like, things don't... Don't start... They First of all, they don't start on time. And people don't get there... It's kind of like L.A., like that, that thing that L.A. fans get a rap for is they show up late and they leave early. Miami Heat fans? Yes. Yeah. I feel like... As, as a as a hardcore Dodger and Laker fan, like I feel like that's an unfair thing when you got Vegas there, like where that happens like so much more hardcore. Like yeah. even at the Britney Spears show, like people showed up late. Left like early. it didn't, it didn't yeah, it didn't fill up like What was her last song by the way? Hit me with the baby one more time, has to be. No, it was like something about the world ending or something what like that. What the fuck? She didn't do hit me baby one more time? She did, but it was like in the middle. Oh man. Yeah. Okay, still, Christina Aguilera is better than... She's a better singer. But, she, I don't know, she kind of got weird, too, for a while. Yeah, she did. She didn't recover. Illuminati. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> I just... I, I, how do you... How do you ruin that? You know? Nine inch... Or, uh... Corn doesn't finish with... <laughs> you know what's coming. You know Blind's coming at the end. Yeah. Like... I don't know. It must it, it must have been a big hit after we stopped paying attention. I don't know. It's something about the world ending, I guess. But anyways, um, yeah, it, it was weird. Like there was nobody in the arena for like the longest time, and we're sitting there watching all these fighters we had no idea about. Just like 
for like a good two, three hours or whatever. And so let me just pass it to you because I feel like I'm talking way too much. Oh, yeah. So, so, you, so you went to Caesar's house, right? All right. So I go to Caesar's house, right? He's telling me about the fight. I bring him chips and I bring him pizza. I'm sorry. I bring him pizza, chips and beer. He brings pizza. And I'm like, whoa, this is great. Thank you, Caesar. So, uh, well, from where, though? Uh, it doesn't pong? matter if it's all oh, <laughs> Comet Ping Pong Pizza sponsored us. Shout out to Comet Ping Pong Pizza. <laughs> Go get some cheese pizza from Comet. No, anyways, it was Pizza Hut. It was uh, cool, you know. It's not my favorite, but that's cool, man. Free pizza, free pizza. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm like, all right, and then he's like telling me, he's like, yo, yeah, my boy, um, my boy Zippy's coming, man. He's pretty cool. And I'm like, all right, whatever, you know. One of his friends. I'll just put up with it. No big deal. Yeah. And then he and then his buddy shows up and he's just like talking about the fight and he's going on and on about the fight in like super amazing detail and I'm like what the fuck like why aren't you doing commentary for like ESPN that's like really good commentary and he's just like Caesar's like oh I didn't tell you this guy's a boxer and I'm like fuck that's really good so one thing that he does he does point out leading up to it and he's just like he was pointing out things that like you just can't like overnight train and learn and like you know it's been six months it takes years and years of like, I think it was less than that wasn't it like two months yeah I mean like you know just just the way your body reacts you know there's there's you know we'll get to the actual fight but he starts bringing up things about how like boxers never really look at someone's fist or where they're at you don't really pay attention to where the fist is you pay attention to where their shoulders are and so like he was pointing that out, and he was just like, that's not how MMA is, because you have to wear out four limbs, so it's not like you can keep an eye on their shoulders. You're mostly, like, keeping an eye out to, like, where their entire body is. So I was like, ah, he's making some good points, you know? Like, he's going on and on about it. He lets Caesar like, take a couple of swings at him just to show him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. I thought that was pretty cool, because Caesar's like, literally, like, punching him in the face, and he's just, like, dodging it like crazy. And I'm like, whoa, this guy looks like Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> But I'm just like, all right, cool, man. This is gonna be a good fight. We start watching the fights. And Dude, that'd be scary if Caesar connected. Cause Caesar's getting like gorilla. Caesar's strong. big, man. Like, you know, he he's lifting like he's fucking like yoked right now. He's got yeah. a little bit of a gut, but yeah. hey, man, he's pretty pretty big. Caesar's on my team. Let's yeah. just put it that way, like. Yeah, dude, you know, Caesar's a big dude right now. So I was like, man, Caesar's like taking. He let me take a swing, but I was like, ah, you know that ain't. <laughs> Did you throw out your shoulder? Yeah, I was like, man, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you explaining that, it was pretty good. And then one of the things that he was bringing up is like, uh, he brought like these hype. He brought up some hypothetical scenarios, and he was like, here's why you should really respect Connor. So he went on and on about like what we should respect about Connor and it was like the fact that he was in, even in this fight is respectable so I was yeah. like man like he brought that up and I was like you know what he's right like and then he brought up you know like the things that he cause he he's he's not a he's not a Connor fan but he really hates Floyd Mayweather and so he was bringing up all this stuff and he was like I, I hate Floyd Mayweather but at the same time like I really like you have to respect like also the fact that he's been retired for like two years now and he's doing this and like he's taking a big shot he's like potentially we all know we could see a knockout because this guy is like one of the best strikers out there and like regardless of what sport he's in he, he can just punch the shit out of someone and knock them out yeah so like he was bringing up really good points on both sides I really dug that I really dug that it was like really like really chill and not biased at all not towards one side um 
don't know. I dug it. Pretty chill. Pretty chill, dude. Pretty chill evening. Yeah. And I know you wanted to bring him on, and, like, I was, like, this is, like, literally, like, right after, like, the fight ended, and I was, like, being a little, like, spoiled white girl about it. Like, I was, like, no, nobody else is coming on. I don't want to talk about this. Because I, I had to have time to heal, and I'm sorry. Yeah. But, I mean, Cipriano, if you're, if you're out there, uh, maybe on a future podcast, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about another bit. We'll talk about... The Triple G Canelo fight. Yeah, we can talk about that one. That yeah. one we gotta have on here. Yeah. But one thing that he did bring up, and he brought up the fact that we've never seen Floyd be humble. Like, he's never been humble. You know, like, and he was like, "I like to see him be humble because we've seen we've seen Conor lose and be like totally humble and congratulate his opponent, and like, and he's like, you really gotta respect that because anyone that's ever been in a fight and he's fought several times. You know, like any time that you've been in a fight, we just got your ass kicked by someone the last thing you want to go do is congratulate them but you have to be a fucking man about it and like go do it and that's like the toughest thing about a fight it's like now you gotta congratulate it's like it's like if someone stole your girlfriend now you gotta go shake his hand for like doing uh-huh. a good job you know it's tough it's tough you gotta eat it's painful so he brought that up and i was like dude i've never thought about that but you're right like that would be the toughest thing mm-hmm. to do and he's like, we've seen it. And he's like, you gotta love it. You gotta love the fact that he's talking all this shit. But the minute that he loses the fight, he goes and, like, bows his head and, like, shakes the dude's hand and, like, says, like, you were the better man tonight. So, and he's right. It kind of made me respect Conor a lot more. Mm-hmm. It made me see Conor in a different light. And I was like, yeah, you're right. When he when he fought Nate Diaz, like, he, he had a pretty solid interview. He didn't trash talk him. He didn't say, like, oh, I slipped or something. You know, he didn't make excuses. Um, I don't know. Really, really made me respect Conor a lot. So, yeah. You know, going into the fight, I was like, I wanted to hear his commentary of the other fights, so, like, but anyways, I think at this point, our timelines are kind of even, so I don't know if you want to... Yeah, and I'll just say this, like, um, I know a lot of the the narrative going into this, like, was, like, because I'm a big, like, like Facebook troller, and, like, I was, like, like kind of getting bored with the other fights, because, I mean, the last time I think I was, like, really invested into boxing, I think Evander Holyfield had just, like, beat Mike Tyson for the heavyweight yeah. championship. I think that was, like, the... Or, no, 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 I take it back. It was the last time I was, like, heavily involved in, like, up-to-date with boxing is when Mayweather fought De La Hoya. I think then after Dude, that fight... Too. That happened on... I think it was here on May 5th, which is the day after my birthday, or on my birthday. I don't remember. I think it was because he had, like, those Mexican shorts on. Yeah, I remember, like, there was supposed to be, like, my birthday party, and, um... Uh, because I guess we did my birthday a day late that day or something. Yeah. But yeah, I remember being really excited for that fight. And that was the last time I was ever really invested in the fight. Yeah. And like, like I knew a lot about boxing and stuff. And like, I was just like, that was the last time I was. So like these other characters, like I, I didn't know who the hell I was watching. And it was like, I was trying to watch it, trying to get involved in it. But it was like, I was losing interest. So I'm just looking at all these like Facebook comments and stuff. And you know kind of to tie it into the last podcast and you know maybe a lot of it has to do with like what's going on with the country but like the the narrative that was trying to be told was like uh you know here's the white guy versus the black guy and you know the white guy if he loses he's gonna get like uh credit either way because he's white and i was just like no that's not what's going on here because what i saw out there was uh people from all races on both sides you know majority of people they were going for mcgregor but it was it was black, it was white, it was Mexican, it was Native, like Cambodian, like I said. And then the people that were that money team, it, you know, it was, it was a lot of black dudes that were for you know him. Yeah. But then you know you had like those like pretty boy Mexicans that get their like eyebrows done and stuff. Yeah. Like 
He had vegans on his side. He did, really did, yeah. Like, there was a guy with a kale salad out there. Like, yeah. he was fucking eating that. But, like, the thing I want to say is just, like, yeah, like, the media does try to, like, create, like, a different narrative. And I'm glad, like, it didn't blow up that way, like, more so. But, like, I just wanted to squash that. If anyone is on that side that, you know, it was whites versus black, it wasn't like that at all. And I was at the epicenter of all this. You know, you had people from all races on both sides on this. But... I just want to throw that out there. I think, if anything, it was more like UFC fans yes. versus boxing fans. Yes, absolutely. Because the people, like, the two guys that were sitting in front of us, they were, like, old-school mobsters, dude. Like, he had, like, this old Italian guy with, like, like you could tell, like, he was in his 70s, but yeah. he still had, like, this charcoal black, like, slick black hair. And he came <laughs> in with, like, this Versace, like, t-shirt, like, with rhinestones on it. That reminds me of, like, some, like, mobster character from The Simpsons or something. Like, you know, Dude, yeah, that's what it reminds me, too, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. man. And... Fat you know, Tony or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he rolled with Fat Tony, dude, like, all the way. But, um... Yeah, I mean, we all know what happened in the fight. I mean, we, there's no reason for us to, like, get into, like, like round-by-round round detail, but, like... Round one. Uh, yeah, I mean, but... I'll say this, though. I think, like, when you look at the official scorecard and listen to a lot of other podcasts and analysis, and I try to stay away from, you know, putting out this podcast too early and making, like, that snap judgment, listen to a lot of other opinions, I do feel like Connor was doomed from the beginning. They were going to screw him out of the fight no matter what because anybody watching that fight, and UFC analysts and boxing analysts, both were like, well, he was winning at least four rounds. Mm-hmm. And you can make an argument for five rounds. And when I go back and rewatch the fight, they, they even, like one judge gave it like a 10-8 round, which is like a total like demolishing, like Mike Tyson demolishing. And it's like, that never happened in that fight. Like, uh, what, what, what was the score on that? I think the 10-8, there was a 10-8 round in favor of uh, Mayweather. And like, that's like, like to get an eight, like, usually you're going to get a 10-9. Like, whoever wins the round gets a 10. Whoever loses that round gets a yeah. 9. But to get a 10-8, like, it's, like, almost like a total, de- yeah. like, Mike Tyson demolishing. I would say his last two rounds were kind of, like, you knew the end was near. Yeah. So. Which know. is why I really don't, like, some people were trying to say they had a problem with this early stoppage. I totally didn't have a problem with it because at that point it's just, like, dude, there's nothing left in the tank. Like, I know, Connor, you think you can go on, but it's just, like, you just... You're gonna be Homer Simpson from that episode where he just keeps taking punches. Yeah. From from like the what's the fake Mike Tyson guy that they had in there? Dedrick Dedrick Tatum. Yeah, J- Dedrick Tatum. Like, like you need to get out of there. You're gonna cause some serious damage. Even though Floyd hits like a pillow, like those are still shots that are gonna hurt you. Like later yeah. on down the road, you have a future to look at. You know, you have a son. Like, like I had no problem with that early stoppage at all. But like, even though like you think you can still go, like you're not falling down. Like that was the correct call. But like. I just want to say that though, like he he won rounds, like that bet that um, Brendan Schaub had with Max Kellerman, he yeah. fucking won that bet. And I want to point this out too, um, Chael Sonnen and Brendan Schaub, they also had a bet, and they they bet that you know that Connor wouldn't win one round or whatever. Yeah. And um, Brendan, he went to uh, oh no, Chael, he um, they bet a hundred thousand dollars. And Chell said, no, he won't win one round. You know, he's going to absolutely just get embarrassed. You know, it's going to be, you know, dismantling. And so as soon as the fight ended, you know, I listened to – because they both have podcasts. And then Brendan was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he told the story too. And um, they both told the exact same story. 
you know, as soon as the fight ended, uh, Chell got on the phone with Brandon. He's like, hey, man, I'm coming to L.A. I'm going to drop off the $100,000. And then Brandon's like, uh, why? And he goes, you're right. You know, Connor won, you know, like four or five rounds right there. Like, he lasted 30 minutes with the best to ever do this. And he goes, no, man, did you see the scorecards? All the judges scored it. Um, he only won one round. And he's like, what? Are you serious? He goes, that's not the fight I saw. And so, uh, I okay, this is where we do disagree because I think that he maybe won one or two rounds. The first two, the first two rounds. I think after that, it was like, okay, now I'm gonna fall. Which is okay. Here's the thing: you have to you sticks out about this fight as opposed to other Floyd Mayweather fights. Floyd Mayweather doesn't chase anyone. Floyd Mayweather is like luring you to corners. He's not. That's not his fight. At the very end of the fight. Um, Connor says, um, "I made you look like a Mexican tonight." Yeah, and I didn't know what that meant, but like the sippy guy is like, he's like, "Oh shit, he's right," you know, like because that's like a Mexican fighting style. You you attack, you're constantly on an attack mode. That's not Floyd to Mayweather's. That's not his fighting style. You know, no. he doesn't have a strong punching thing. His that's not a, you know he's not gonna knock anyone out. Yeah, and um, that's what he was. That, honestly, I felt like the minute he said that was like the minute that I was like, dude, this dude was right about it. One, like, forget who won the rounds. Like, you know, like, that's yeah. all like, you know, at the end of the day, we know who won the fight. We know who lost the fight. To me, it's like, one, it lived up to it. Because you knew, like, you knew what the spectacle, you knew the magnitude of this. You know, and it, at no point was this fight boring. The no. way, like, Pacquiao yeah. and Mayweather was fucking Any other Mayweather fight. Fuck. That is just like you know I can't even think of like before the De La Hoya fight between De La Hoya to this fight is just like a blur. It's just like what the fuck just happened? Yeah. It's so yeah so like this has definitely been his best fight, and I mean that as far as entertainment goes, not as far as like technicality or anything exactly, like that. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and um and the fact that that Connor comes out and says that right away, like I made you look like a Mexican, you are in like full attack mode. You know, it was just like yeah, he's right. To me, that was, like, the most, like, you know, I don't want to give credit for second place, but at the same time, you got to give credit to someone that just, you know, lost, you know, lost the biggest fight, the biggest, like, fight. Probably more people saw this fight than any of his UFC fights combined. Like, oh, yeah. It was huge. And, like, and the fact that he comes out and he's so humble about everything and it's just, like, obviously, you know, he has to, he has a giant sack of money that he can fall asleep very comfortably a big on. pot of gold, baby. Yeah, I'm sure he's not... Not feeling that bad for him when when, is he, when he go home with like forty million or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like at yeah. least at least. Yeah, I don't feel bad for anyone forty million dollars in a big account. So, um, yeah. So I mean, like, man, you you gotta respect you gotta respect Connor for taking the fight, going out of his comfort zone, and being humble when he lost. Like mm-hmm. to me, like, and I think too though, like you gotta respect him for not look being embarrassed out there. I mean, the only thing he can be embarrassed about is running out of gas but it's just like you take any other ufc fighter um put the heavyweight champion right now stipe stipe against the heavyweight champion in boxing he i don't think he's gonna last 30 minutes either you take the flyweight or uh yeah the bantamweight champion which is cody garbrandt who's another good striker he's not gonna last 30 minutes with the bantamweight champion in boxing you know that's not going to happen either so i I think that's like where people say like you got to give credit in that respect he lasted 30 minutes 
you know, and I know Mayweather is not, you know, a lot of the narratives being saying is Mayweather carried him to 10 rounds. Nobody's going to want to get hit 111 times, especially somebody that's a proven 155-pound Mike Tyson. Like, no one's going to want to get hit that many times. I don't care how good on defense you are. That's like saying, like, the Baltimore Ravens were so good at defense that they're going to let Peyton Manning score 32 points. They're not going to want that. They're going to want to end that shit early, cut you off like the Seattle Seahawks did in the Super Bowl against the Broncos, right? Yeah. You're talking about, like, landed, uh, punches landed? Well, yeah, not only that, and then, like, because um, they were saying that, oh, yeah, he meant for the fight to go 10 rounds. I don't think he wanted the Mayweather, I don't think he wanted it to go that long. I think that, you know, it, it went that long because it organically went that long. A lot of people, a lot of Mayweather fans or boxing fans or whatever, they're saying that, oh, Connor would have gotten knocked out in two seconds if, uh, or ten seconds, I should say, um, if Mayweather had willed it to. He just did that for the fans to put on a show. And I was like, I don't think so. Like, No, I don't think so. I mean, I will say, like, he was in control. I would say, especially the last two rounds. I feel oh, the, yeah. last, the last two or three rounds, Connor looks gassed. Like, there's just like... He put everything he had, and it, it showed. Yeah, yeah and uh, Floyd kind of looked unaffected by it. But I don't think he was, like, toying with him. I just don't no. think he has that punching power. I think, too, um, he was... You could tell Mayweather was a little surprised, too, because that one uppercut that... Um, Connor uh, got on Mayweather. Yeah. You can tell because that's when you know Mayweather started to come alive and started to actually throw punches. Because before he kept turning his back, yeah. you know, and luring Connor into like all these weird, you know, frustrating him and stuff, which is very smart. It's a very effective way, you know. It's kind of weird, the, weird way to fight, but I mean, it was effective because it really threw Connor off, where he had to throw those rabbit punches and like hit the back of the head, you know, kind of lure him into like throwing illegal punches. Um, take him out of his comfort zone a little bit you know but like you know when you hit him with that that uppercut you know like you see the the replay like mayweather goes to hit a punch connor ducks throws a jab and then mayweather throws another one that misses and then connor just surprises him with the uppercut i mean that you could tell he got surprised quite a bit in that fight like yeah. with things like that so he absolutely he might not have ever won that fight you know even if you know connor had the both most perfect game plan unless he knocks him out but, like, you could tell, like, Mauro Ronaldo and um, the other commentators, Pauli Malinaji even, who hates Conor now, yeah. like, they were even saying, like, he looks like he actually belongs in a boxing ring, which which is good for the UFC and MMA in general. Well, one thing, like, just to backtrack a little bit, one thing I didn't know about fighting in general, and it happens in both sports, UFC and boxing, because uh, you brought up that uppercut. Uh-huh. And um, I guess one thing that, like, that they do is like, like fighters will way way overhydrate going into the fight, and a lot of it has to do because it'll fill up the liquid that's around your brain uh-huh. to absorb blows like that. Um, that's why like a lot of times like the more effective shot is like direct like face uh-huh. to face like which they call I guess they call it a flush. I didn't know that like that's a direct hit because you're going straight the part of the brain that has the least amount of protection with liquid. So I was just like, God damn, I didn't know it was like a down to a science like that, but I was like, okay, makes sense. I don't know. I was just like, even little things like that, like the uppercut, like he broke that down and he's like, won't affect him, like, uh, won't affect the boxer like that. Yeah. But I was just like, God damn, man, like you're, you're right. And we were just talking about like how much, how much water they drink on purpose just so they have that much, like their brain is like overflowing with like liquid as like a watery helmet up there. Yeah. And I was like, God damn, like. You're right. Like, yeah. yeah, you got hit him with the... Like, you remember when Connor knocked out, um... Um... 
uh, Jose Aldo. Yeah. It was like a direct flush. Like it was just like boom. Like yeah. he had no protection there. I was just like, damn, he's right. Like, like, like a, a fighter isn't really affected by anything that like around the chin or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's like a direct flush is what takes them out. I'm like, damn. Which makes sense in later rounds, like when you're sweating all that out, yeah. like, and you're able to get like a knockout or you know, because it all comes out after yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, that's. I don't know. I was just like, God damn, man. That was really, really interesting commentary by that. I, I learned a lot about fighting. It made me, like, interested in, like, you know, foreshadowing the future episode of the Triple G and Canelo fight. Oh, yeah. Which so. I kind of want to, like, just touch on later on. But one thing I also want to touch on, too, that I thought was um, kind of a grim sign that I kind of read. I read it with Rousey when she lost to Holly Holm, and I read it when she fought um, Amanda Nunes is um, just the demeanor at the time of, you know, when the referees explained the rules. Which I thought was kind of bullshit, like yeah. how the referee was treating... Kept looking at Connor. Just at Connor. You hear me, Connor? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like... And I know you've seen that, like, Facebook video where it's like, hey, motherfucker, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. Don't be hugging. Don't be doing this shit. And then Mayweather's in the back like, yeah, yeah, boy, yeah. Um, but the one thing I want to point out is just the demeanor. Usually Connor... Like, especially, like, I want to point out, like, the Jose Aldo fight, the Eddie Alvarez fight. Um, if you go back and watch, like, the um, fight against Max Holloway, um, Connor is just totally in their heads. Um, the other fighter is just, like, looking down, won't make eye contact. It's just, like, totally, like, in the serious, like, scared space. And I'm, not, I'm not saying Connor was scared at all. Um, but he's totally, like, you know, being goofy. He's doing that Vince McMahon walk. You know, he's you know being loose he's being spry you know he's just being you know himself that's how mayweather was he was totally like you know just making faces you know when the when the referee was explaining the rules you know he's making kissy faces at mcgregor mcgregor's just looking there just like dead serious like and you could tell that 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 part and um i believe it was joe rogan that said that he goes when you're in that state of mind there's a lot of stress going through your body. Yeah. He goes, when you're loose and you're free, you have no stress going. And stress will, will um, tear down your cardio more yeah. than anything. You know what's funny that you say that? Two things about that. Because um, we were watching the press conferences like before the fight. And the guy was talking about how like badass it was. You don't want to do that face-to-face. And Connor just starts screaming in his face and like, yeah. at the crowd and like, flexes. And he's like, he's like, honestly, like that is the most badass thing you can do as a fighter. Because there's... No matter what anyone tells you, you're nervous before a fight. Yeah. But that's one of those exercises that they make you do as a fighter, like screaming, like just to get all that, like all of a sudden it just all of a sudden it just calms you down. All of a sudden you're way more focused as a fighter. When you get all that adrenaline out, because you're actually like, you know, like you're actually letting it out. And yeah. So like, he's like, it's genius from Connor's perspective, like. Because I felt, because with that said, I felt like if Connor would have been like how he was in the press conferences at fight time yeah he would have had a bigger chance to do that knockout as opposed to how serious he was like when he was talking to jim gray when he was getting his hands, yeah he was really quiet he was really like in his headspace, and i was like that's kind of a bad place to be because you're alone with all your thoughts and i think like i don't want to misquote it but i think it was joe rogan who said it and he says when you're in that headspace, you allow stress to enter your body and stress is the biggest killer of any disease and it'll wear you down worse than you know uh, a triathlon. And somebody who has issues with those long, you know, deep waters like McGregor, I, I bet you anything that that because he didn't have that release, he didn't have that goofy, you know, Vince McMahon walk or whatever. Yeah. He didn't do any of those like mind games that he did at the press conference. That really hurt him in the overall um, 
long run of the fight. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, I, I definitely agree that um, Connor uses that to his advantage. You know, whenever he fights a guy in UFC, he's totally in control. He's screaming. He's getting all of his like angst out mm-hmm. before the other fighter even gets a chance to react. The other, the other, the other fighter is just kind of like baffled by most of this, and like Connor is totally in control. Here, you know, like I think there was one shot in particular, like probably around the fourth round, fifth round, once Floyd really started taking over. Yeah. That like the camera goes to Connor and Connor just looks kind of like fuck. I'm tired already. Like I'm just like Done. obviously I haven't knocked him out now. It's already like the fourth round. And then they pan over to Floyd and Floyd looks at the camera and just smiles with this like crest smile. I was like, eh, this is whatever. And just like smiles and that's it. And I, I remember thinking like, man, like. Like, this is not what I thought this was going to be. Like, all of a sudden, Floyd looks like he's just, like... Doing what he do. This is not... This is, like... You know, and it starts to go into that element that it's, like, even if you take a guy who hasn't had punching power, he's 40 years old, he's two years retired, at the end of the day, it's still his sport. He's still a boxer. And with that said, I was thinking about this at Walmart, and I kept trying to make analogies... And a lot of people were making these very bad analogies. I think Chael Sonnen said something like, you can't take LeBron James and put him against Michael Phelps. And then like somebody else said something about, like, you can't put Michael Jordan against a fucking a tennis player or whatever. And it's just like, no, MMA and boxing have more crossover than that. You know, you can't just make these weird, you know, like, you might be a good athlete, but LeBron James is not taking over Jason Witten's spot at tight end, you know, or whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're right, but, you know, but my, my uh, analysis would be this. Take Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders, because um, both had like one of the fastest combine times ever. They're like considered two of the fastest NFL players of all time, right? Yeah. And they're both two sport athletes. Athletic as fuck. Two of the best athletes I know I've personally Brock ever Lesnar seen. Play like every fucking sport in the world. Exactly. Take Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders. I'll let you have your pick. And then take the best to ever do it, which would probably be Usain Bolt, right? Yeah. Let's take Usain Bolt right now. That's all he does is just race, right? Yeah. And put him up against Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders, I'll let you pick. And, yeah, both of those guys are really fast. But Usain Bolt right now, at the, like, twilight of his career, he's going to beat those two guys every time. Oh, yeah. They might have their moments. They, you know, or whatnot, you know, and it's just running in a straight line, but there's more, there's, they know more technique, he knows how to, you know, gain, you know, the mental advantage in that sport, but the reason why I bring that up is, is because there's a lot of people, you know, going around making Facebook posts of like, oh, like, Connor's a bitch or whatever, and I'm, you know, I know I'm trying to be a Connor apologist right now saying this, but it's just like, no, okay, yeah, Usain Bolt might be the actual fastest man alive. But is he going to be able to translate that into something that he can use on the football field? And eh, maybe not. Is he going to be able to use it on the baseball field like Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders did? I don't know. Probably not. So it's just like we all know that, okay, yeah, when it comes to these set of rules, Mayweather's always going to find a way to win. Is he the toughest guy in the room? No, but he's always going to find a way to get that 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 win, you know? Yeah. And... I don't know what my point is, but I just want to say this. It's just like, you know that, you know, if the tables were turned, you know, I don't even have to say it. You know, he gets in the octagon. Oh, he's, yeah. No, I don't think that there's he's not. He's not even beating the guy at Chachi Palace. Like, he, yeah. he's, he's, he's not beating anybody. He's not even getting that fight. He's not even getting that money fight, like, in the UFC. So, it's just like, 
The same thing with Usain Ball. Like, he's not even getting an invite to fucking uh, training camp, at, you know, for the, you know, the Cleveland Browns, you know? Yeah, so. you know, that's a pretty good analogy. Like, you know, if we put LeBron James at, at and he was trying out for tight end, like, to me, there's no doubt in my mind that he might, you know, be more athletic than most linebackers and maybe have higher leaping ability. So, you know, that would kind of translate to, like, catching the football and everything. The issue with it is... Being a tight end, all of a sudden you have to learn how to block. You have to learn how to run routes. You have to learn how to take a hit. You know, it all of a sudden it doesn't translate directly how you think it's going to translate. Exactly. And like, there's more to to playing a position than than like what you think. You know, sports don't really translate 100% to each other. They might, you know, Correct. think like, yeah. yeah, you know, you might be a good, you know, you look at guys that are like good rebounders in in college. You know, like you look look at Jimmy Graham. Like Jimmy Graham might might have been like a, eh, he's not gonna make it in the NBA, but he's probably like one of the best tight ends that we've had in the last like ten Correct. years. You know, like. And another thing, another one I would bring up, and I know I brought this up to you in a conversation a couple of days ago. Um, I forgot the guy's name. I googled it, and then I forgot it again. But it just shows furthers my point. Remember that rugby player? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was like a, the 49ers? Yeah, he was a badass rugby player. The 49ers yeah. picked him up, and he was supposed to be this badass like running back for the 49ers. I was even sold on it that I even drafted him in my fantasy football yeah, league. I remember that. And I was just like, oh, I'll give him a shot, man. I'll make him yeah. my last pick or whatever. But he, and it turns out like he wasn't even good enough to be like on special teams team. So it's just like and, – and it goes back to that, though, like – in rugby, you might be the shit, but then in the NFL game, which is con- the rugby is more brutal. You know, there's no helmets. You know, there's play is always continuing. It's kind of like UFC. You know, where it's yeah. just like you got all these different martial arts coming at you. You got Muay Thai. You got fucking Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You got Gracie Jiu Jitsu. You got boxing. You got Greco Roman wrestling. You got everything being thrown at you at once. So if you're the champion of that, I don't care. If your name's fucking um, Jermaine Duranamy or whatever, like if you're yeah. the champion of that weight class, like you're a fucking badass. Hats, hats off to you. Um, but boxing is and it, it's kind of like the NFL. Like NFL has these specific rules. Uh, they're all designed around safety. Uh, you have padding for a reason. And you have this. You have that because it's more centered around um, taking care of the athlete. You know. Yeah. Whereas UFC. And this is where I kind of want to, you know, transition the podcast. You have very short shelf life. Look at Ronda Rousey. She was on top of the world for, for what, three or four years? Yeah. She loses once. Oh, my God. Her star power gets cut in half. She loses twice. She's fucking done. Yeah. I mean, this is another, like, not to keep going back, but that Sippy guy kept making really good points. And he was talking about how in boxing, no one gives a fuck about you winning 10 fights in a row. That's nothing. In boxing, 10 fights in a row, that's super common. 20 fights in a row, you're doing okay, but even then, it's like, you're barely getting a name made for yourself at 20 fights in a row. In the UFC, if you win 20 fights in a row, oh my god, like, you're the greatest to ever do it. Like, yeah. And and that's kind of a thing where, like, the UFC needs to, and UFC fighters need to start realizing that, you know, your shelf life is pretty short, Realistically, you maybe have 10 to 15 fights. If you make it to 15 fights with a decent record, you've done really good for yourself. Exactly. And um, and they're not getting paid the same way. Like I was, I think I was telling you. You know, yeah. I don't even know who the fuck it was that dude with like the fuzzy pants. Oh, the guy that, that was doing a suplex on that one guy. Yeah, the, they fought before uh, the Mayweather Mayweather McGregor fight. 
Nobody even knows who the fuck. I don't know who he is. I'm sure there's like boxing fans that would be outraged that I don't know who he is. But, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I know who Ronda Rousey is. And I know this guy made more money being like the opening act than Ronda Rousey did in her last fight. And it's just like, to me, that's ridiculous because I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. And he's going to go home, that guy, he's going to go home and he's going to have no issues with his with his physical you know body but you look you look at a ufc fighter maybe like like someone who's done it for a while like randy couture or dan henderson or somebody like that they're gonna have like serious medical problems man because yeah. you're, you're not just gonna take a head kick um take chris weidman when he lost to yoel romero when he busted open his head like that yeah i mean he's gonna have serious cte problems you oh, know later definitely. on in life i mean you, i'm not saying boxing no yeah i'm like, totally not dismissing that but, either but at the same time you have to fight at least 40 to 50 fights you know as a boxer at this point you've taken so many hits and 50 fights like you know 50 fights for a boxer's career is pretty common nobody in ufc is fighting 50 fights like you're gonna mm-hmm. die if you fight 50 fights yeah yeah so know. yeah i mean and that's one thing too uh, to look at with this fight is just like it kind of opens things up for ufc fighters it, it, it's gonna it's gonna this is gonna be like one of those turning points where you know as the twilight of boxing comes you know and mma's just like i said earlier like las vegas that guy was telling all these guys were telling me it's an mma town it's gonna open up that money door for a lot of other fighters like like your cody garbrandt who's an amazing striker he might be able you know it, it might not be him but there will be another ufc fighter who will be like okay I can do both, you know, and I don't have to just stick with one sport. And it's going to open up that door for that money for them to be able to make, you know, because like you said, you know, Rousey, Ronda Rousey was the biggest star before Connor, and she wasn't making what the jabron before this fight was making, you know. Yeah. And it's just like that's where this is going to change that. And McGregor, you might have lost this fight, but you won the battle because – he got the biggest payday that he, he's going to get. Yeah. You know what? That's another thing. That, and I think he must have known that. You're not really going to get a $40 million paid. And it might even be $100 million after all the pay-per-view buys. And yeah. All the merchandise. Because, I mean, there was merchandise being sold out the wazoo, man. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's it's up there, you know. I'm supposed to be 40 I'm pretty sure it's going to be closer to 80 to 90 or something like that. Uh, $90 million. Yeah. Which is at that point you can retire very comfortably. And um Little Connor will have a nice college education. Yeah. At this point it's like why even go back to UFC? Like yeah. what do you have to prove there? And I feel like he only has maybe two more fights left. Yeah. I think he he either has to be really picky about his next fight, you know. Um but at the same time I think UFC fans are pretty smart. They know when someone's docking someone, dodging someone. I know that he brought up that he wants a trilogy fight with Nate Diaz. I think everybody wants that. Yeah, I think I think he brought that up, but I feel like that's kind of risky because at this point he's going from a point where he hasn't really trained as an MMA fighter, it's been boxing. Probably not a good idea to go directly into Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he would want to go somewhere else. I don't think Khabib is a good fight for him yet right now. Yeah. But at the same time, you really only have one or two more fights before you kind of have to sail into the sunset. Not even because physically he's still there. He's only 28, right? 29. I think 29. he just turned 29. Even then, it's like that's still pretty young. And, um, you know, other boxers, I think Ronda Rousey's, what, like 33, something like that? Yeah. So, like, he could still do it if he wanted to, but... Why? But at the same time, why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. You know, you take another loss, and all of a sudden, like, your, like, really good record and, like, the, the mystique and the allure of Conor McGregor is like, ah, you're kind of ending on a bad note. It goes like that. Yeah, you're ending on a bad note now. So, like, 
you know, uh, why even do it? And the, and the UFC doesn't want that either because the UFC right now is hurting for stars, especially after John Jones uh, tested yes. positive. And that's not even like because there's no okay, there's no really like badass name right now. Ronda Rousey's not she's done. There. Uh, she's married. She's probably gonna start a family now. Um, you know, Nate Diaz isn't anything without Conor McGregor. You know, you you need a you, if you have a villain, you have to have a superhero. So that's kind of like where they're at. You know, like nobody wants to you know. Whatever. Nobody wants to see the Joker by himself, unless Batman shows up. <laughs> the Suicide up. Squad movie. Yeah, it's like you need you need Batman if you're gonna have the Joker. So that's where that's at. Um, you can't and, rely on like the old like you know then, like George St. Pierre. Yeah, they're bringing him back, and it's like man, this is almost just like a relic. This is kind of like a like that would have been cool like five years ago, but right now it's like eh, why you kind of know where it's going. You yeah. know, like, I love Anderson Silva, but Anderson Silva's like, come on, man, just retire already, you've done mm-hmm. what you can. And, I mean, the UFC has some great fighters, and it's like, you know, like, I brought up Cody Garbrandt's name. He's another one, he, I mean, he can talk, he's got skills, he's handsome as fuck. I mean, he's one that could be a star, but as of right now, he's a champion, and no one really knows it. You look at Cyborg, I mean, she's got this bad rap because she looks like she, well, she probably has that she roided out the gills. Yeah. You know, anytime they need a big pay-per-view bust, they try to fucking borrow Brock Lesnar from the WWE. Yeah. And he pops for steroids. The other problem with the UFC is that you can almost take two no-names and put it on, and it would make for an entertaining fight. And that's another thing that, like, devalues, you know, the big-name fights. Because the minute a big-name fight doesn't live up to the hype, and, like, the earlier round fights, the earlier fights, you know... Undercards? The undercards go on, and then they live up to the hype, but then the minute you get, like, Ronda Rousey getting knocked out in the first round, it's like, uh, why did I pay for this? Or like, Wonder Boy versus Tyron Woodley, where it's, like, yeah. this boring fest. Yeah, it's just, like... That's that's another issue that, that they need to start thinking about. It's, like, maybe they need to come up with a contract with, like, Fox or something, or maybe not pay-per-view it, because I think eventually that's going to start... It's a dying platform. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get back at them somehow. You know, if the NFL is finding money money in like primetime TV, then the UFC man needs to start tapping into that. Which but. I fully agree with because I I think the last pay per view I actually bought, especially in this time frame where like people just stream everything. You yeah. Know? You know, and I'm not saying I know anyone that does that that lives under this house, <laughs> uh, but like I mean the the only paper UFC pay per view that I actually purchased was UFC 200 and that's only because it's like you know what I really want them to you know hit their numbers you know I thought I was being a true fan by buying it but I haven't bought one since you know I either go somewhere to watch it or I will go to someone's house who's streaming it or somehow some way it magically appears on my TV I'm not saying that I stream it illegally but uh, not on record Uh, but (laughs) the FBI's listening no (laughs) I plead the fifth um but, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a big problem, you know, and you want eyes and you want advertisement. I think that's another thing that's hurting UFC, too, is the reason why there's so much money in boxing is because it's, it's, it's considered like an American pastime. You'll get Corona, which is a very, like, subpar beer, but they'll throw, like, almost a billion dollars at boxing yeah. and to get all of its revenue. But a lot of places won't, you know, big-name sponsors won't sponsor the UFC because they view it as too brutal. You know, too bloody, too nasty. You know, it's still not got that credibility yet, and I think that's why another reason why they need 
more eyes like on broadcast TV because you know you need to you know smarten people up to the art of this even Meryl Streep she said like on that one speech at the Oscars yeah. where she said the mixed martial arts aren't the arts and I'm like well I'm sorry bitch but yeah it is I mean I agree with your liberal agenda but I don't agree with that like yeah. MMA is an art like I mean you got people sacrificing months and years of their lives to like this one specific craft I mean to me that that's art right there yeah, I agree with that, but, yeah. But, anyways, um... Man, that... Really quickly, not to go off on a thing. You remember that band, The Counting Crows? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, what was that? The Counting Crows... You know who Mike Patton is? Yeah, yeah. So, Mike Patton was talking about how he read this thing, or, like, he saw an interview with The Counting Crows, and The Counting Crows were, like... What does it mean to be an artist these days? What does it mean to be original these days? Does it mean that you have to, like, take a dead badger carcass and bang drumsticks on it, and that's what it means to be original? And then Mike Patton was like, fuck yeah, like, if that's what, like, being an artist is, that's fucking dope. Like, I want to bang on a dead carcass of a, of a badger. <laughs> and I'll, ever since then, I, every time I hear, like, really snobby, like, that Meryl Streep quote you just said, I'm just yeah. like, oh, it makes me want to go, like, bang on a dead carcass and, like, make music from it. I don't know. Just saying. I don't know. That does sound. Sounds kind of snobby, but I get I get where she's coming from, but she does sound kind of like a snob. Yeah, I hate I that, know. but I don't know. So that's where I see the UFC at, and then boxing. I feel like their last. To me, I feel like this is like the swan song of boxing this year. Yeah, I, you know what? This is either gonna go one of one of two ways. It's either gonna be the end. With the Triple G and Canelo fight, because there's really nothing bigger than that now. Because there's nothing else I want to see after this. Yeah. I mean, unless, like, some, like, Mike Tyson Jr. type of dude comes out. And you know what boxing really needs is they need a heavyweight champion. Yeah. That matters. Because there's nothing fucking doper in this world than saying, like, heavyweight champion. Yeah. All these other, like, oh, featherweight, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no one cares. Heavyweight yeah. champion's the one we all care about. Because it's Hell the yeah. dopest one out there. So, until they get someone that's, like, a heavyweight champion, then, you know, boxing's going to be irrelevant. Yeah. I'm super stoked for this Triple G Canelo fight, you know, just because all of a sudden, like, there's a lot of trash talking. All of a sudden, I'm, like, more Mexican than ever. And that's what I love about this is, like, okay, I'm Mexican and I'm Irish. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a McMexican, if you will. I yeah. sound like a bad McDonald. <laughs> I sound like a bad fucking Mex- <laughs> uh, McDonald's food item or whatever, but, like... When I went to this to the Connor fight, like I'd never been so proud to say that I'm part Irish ever yeah. in my whole life, and with this Canelo fight that's coming up later on this month, I've never felt like more proud to be Mexican. So it's just like, it, it's like it, I love that about like this sport or yeah. you know combat sport. It brings out that like pride, you know, you know that. I don't want to sound like racist here, but you know, it just brings out that that cultural pride, you know. And, yeah, definitely. Honestly, like you know because. Maybe I'm, I'm definitely not the biggest boxing fan in the world, but when I started hearing that shit where that guy was like, you know, especially when Connor said that I made you look like a Mexican and made, had to research what that meant, and, like, that guy was telling me what... what it was a positive thing. Yeah, I was all, all of a sudden I was just like, hey, man, like, you know, I didn't, like, I never really knew that there were different fighting styles associated to different parts of the world, and, like, you know, apparently, apparently, American boxing is kind of the most boring one. It's mostly a defensive sport in, in America. And that might be another reason why it's hard to watch. Because no one really wants to see Floyd Mayweather backing up, like, into people backing up and then finally, like, landing random punches. And that's how he wins his fights. And, and he gets shit on a lot, but at the same time, it's a very smart way of fighting. Yeah. Um, 
But at the same time, we all know what we want. We all want to see the violence. We all want yeah. to see that aggressive, like... We want to see the Super Bowl where Peyton Manning throws six touchdowns. We don't want to see the Super Bowl where Trent Dilfer uh, leads his team to the 40-yard line and then yeah. the 13-3. Yeah, and the field goal <laughs> kicker wins the Super Bowl. No one wants to see that. Like, no, like... They, they, they want that. They want the offense. Yeah, it's it's just funner to see it. Might bring it back. We'll see how Canelo and Triple G do. You know, that's a pretty exciting fight. It is. Because I, I feel like those are the two top names in the sport right now. Like, yeah. And they're evenly matched. You know, I was telling you at the store the other day, I was just like, when you look at their stats, when you look at their reach, when you look at their percentages and all this shit, I mean, besides the record, you know, the only blemish on uh, Canelo's record is, you know, the Mayweather fight. Uh-huh. And then, you know, you know, uh, Triple G, you know, he, he's basically undefeated. You know, but, like, I mean, other than that, I mean, they're almost the identical fighters, you know. They're, they mm-hmm. both fight that Mexican style, and it's just like, you... you, you it's not like the, the McGregor-Mayweather fight where there's a clear-cut winner. I kind of feel that Triple G may win, but maybe that's just me being very conservative <laughs> and yeah. not getting my heart broke too much. But I really hope Canelo wins because, like, that's the dude that will carry that torch. I feel like I'm looking forward to drinking some Coronas that day and like eating tacos. <laughs> I think he's sponsored by the Tecate, though. Is he? Oh, I look forward to drinking some Tecate that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he has a he has yeah a he has that commercial where that eagle flies over him. Yeah, and Sylvester Stallone's in it with him. Yeah, man up, and he, like there's a steak hey, at him. Canelo, eat a steak, you bitch. <laughs> It's like, I don't know, I don't think he actually says that, but... but the only thing I think this holy Canelo back is, is he has no personality. Well, the thing is, like, his English is terrible. <laughs> but you can have a personality and still, like, fucking like, speak no English. Like, I, I will say this, it's hard to see an interview with Canelo where it's just like, his English is terrible, and in Spanish, it's he speaks just as slow as he speaks English. It's just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And that's the one thing I think that hurts boxing too. It's just like they don't really have like that, that McGregor. They yeah. really don't have that personality, and it's just like, ah, oh, Canelo. I wish you just like I wish you had a Paul Heyman. I wish you had like a manager that wasn't as much as I love you, De La Hoya. You're kind of a bitch sometimes. Like, yeah. When, I'm glad I, I'm glad Dana White put you in your place before like the McGregor fight. Yeah. But I don't know. Go 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 go, Canelo. If you're going Triple G. Even though I kind of low-key think he's going to win, fuck you. Yeah, I'm all about Canelo on this one. I mean, they both fight that aggressive style, so it's going to be fun to watch. No one's going to back down from anyone. No. So, can't wait for that fight. Yes. Yeah. So, with that said, that dude, is- we didn't talk about puppies. We didn't talk about puppies. Goddamn, you know what? Really quickly, Jacob has two German Shepherds. A black dog? What is that black dog? Let's just say he's a midget German he's Shepherd. He's a midget German Shepherd. And then, like, what's the other one? Like a he's chihuahua? A, yeah, he's chihuahua. a special needs chihuahua. I have two corgis. <laughs> uh, Let so, me ask you this. What, what is your, like, when you, what melts your heart the most when you, when you think about puppies? What, what, what breed of dog melts your heart the most? Damn, good question. Uh, Dalmatians. I had Dalmatians when I was younger. Ooh, that is a cute puppy. Puppy, puppy Dalmatians are, like, the most adorable thing in the world. What about you? I think nothing beats no, uh, a black lab, dude. Uh, a black lab puppy, nothing is more... A black or a golden retriever, nothing is more adorable than that. Oh, yeah. You know what? Um, That's like the whitest answer ever, but I don't give a fuck. Um, Pitbull puppies are adorable as fuck. Actually, yeah, you are right. Pitbull puppies are adorable because they have the wrinkly face. <laughs> yeah. You just want to grab them and smash them. Yeah, they're fucking adorable. Well... 
That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoy. Keep listening for more. All right. Good night.